A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. Some definite surprises in the September milk production report, not just for Wisconsin, but across the 23 major dairy producing states. Let's talk about it. Dr. Mark Stevenson, along with us, Center for Dairy Profitability. This one I wanted to talk to you about right away, because I think that the the markets, I think a lot of farmers are going to be surprised at what they saw. How about you? Oh, I was really surprised, Pam. This is the slowest growth in milk production that we've seen since... uh, well, we had a couple months in 2019 that were down here, but, but essentially this is really slow growth, so we've really tailed off a lot. And it's coming at a time when we still have pretty good demand for dairy, correct, both domestically and internationally? That's exactly right. No, our domestic demand has held up surprisingly well. There's been a little bit of shift in product mix, you know, that people have wanted, but, you know, it's 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 been really good, and export demand has been great. Our real problems have been just in, like, transportation, getting ships out of ports, that type of thing. Um, so we've had a lot of opportunity to be selling, and we've produced a lot of milk this last year. Uh, the problem has been that, I, I think, two things. One is that the weather's been bad, so in some parts of the country they've been under severe drought and, uh, that's, and, and high heat. That's impacted milk production. Uh, in some of the western states, and our feed prices have been up uh, for a good deal of the year. So even though milk prices aren't that bad, um, the margins have not been great. So farms have been uh, been cashing out. Yeah, and, th- and that's the thing that I really noticed, Mark. It's uh, it's not just one region. It looks like there's dairy farms tossing in the towel in a lot of different places, including what should we say the upper eastern portion of the United States. Yes, we've we've seen farm closures happening um, all around the country. Um, some of those states, you know, are the ones that are not big milk producers anyway. Uh, states like Delaware or you know Connecticut or areas where we've only got a handful of farms left. But even in some of the bigger milk producing states like New York, we've seen some pretty slow growth going on there and real slow downs from the last few months. And the cold cow price is still actually holding up pretty well with all this. It has held up pretty well. Um, there's been a big demand for beef. You know, surprising thing to me is just what total retail sales have been doing. They're well up. I mean, people have been on a buying spree. A lot of folks that have not been uh, doing their traveling or even working from home have saved money. They've wanted to spend money on things. The big problem has been supply chain disruptions that have held them up. And that's one of the reasons that we're seeing so much price inflation going on, too, that we got people ready and wanting to spend money to buy things, and things aren't available, and the prices are increasing. So that's been a bit of an issue. Talk to me a little bit on some of the regional movement of cattle that you've seen, Mark. I mean, I'm looking at New Mexico. I'm looking at Arizona, uh, Florida, uh, a lot of cows that uh, got moved. Is this something that you think is going to end, or is this a tale of 2022? Well, we've been seeing some of this migration happening anyway, Pam, but especially out of the southeast and into the more northerly twos of states. 
Um, cows don't like that hot, humid climate. So that's been one thing that's been pushing dairy further north all the time. Um, but the other thing is just that these margins, it's been more typical to buy a higher proportion of your feedstuffs, not growing and raising the forages yourself um, in many of those states. New Mexico, I think, is a good example of that, where we've seen a lot of cows going out recently, um, and, and farm closers down there. It's just, you know, they've been losing money here for a period of time, and it's, some folks just throwing in the towel. You know, this trend that we're seeing of flat milk production in the United States is not limited to the United States. European Union is pretty much on the same track, is it not? They are. They're on a track of very slow growth, and they've actually had negative growth and loss of milk production in uh, the past few months. Um, New Zealand uh, has had uh, almost 5% down from where they were at the same time last year. Australia, not down quite that much, but still down. Um, you know, so most of the major exporting countries of the world have been either very slow growth or down. And at the same time, we've seen the demand for dairy products, countries like China, Mexico picking up a lot of demand lately, um, a handful of others. And uh, so there are sales opportunities, but milk's tight across the globe. Yeah, that's which is incredible. Dr. Mark Stevenson with the Center for Dairy Profitability along with us. So let's forecast a little bit here, Mark. We all know the dairy industry is very resilient. And when we see an opportunity, we can fill that gap pretty doggone fast. Tell me what you're seeing, not just domestically, but on that world scene going into 2022. I think the European Union is on a trajectory for some longer-term change. This is not just a a little bump down or a bump up for uh, some countries. This is more of a longer-term trajectory. Um, Many of the big milk-producing countries in Europe have had tight margins, just like we have. And think about um, the United Kingdom. Think about uh, Germany and France. Uh, but some of the other countries have been bumping up against um, environmental issues. So uh, phosphorus loading in, in places like the Netherlands. Um, and some of those same things have been a problem for New Zealand. So the places where we've seen growth in lots of big milk production in the past are bumping up against constraints that they haven't had before. I think that, you know, this is one of the things we've talked about for a couple, three years, that the expectations that the U.S. can produce and deliver more milk and dairy products than many of the other countries can, we'll probably pick up market share over time, but we've got a few issues of our own right now. Thin margins and transportation issues are certainly among those. Let's talk about the infrastructure that we've got, not the shipping so much, but our processing facilities. You know, Agripor making that big announcement up by Little Shoot that they are ramping up on major production there. What are you hearing or what are you noticing on the processor side of things, Mark? On the cheese side, we've seen some investment around the country. So um, Agripor for sure in our own backyard, but we've seen uh, added capacity over along that I-29 corridor. Uh, you know, up to uh, uh, South Dakota and uh, Iowa. We've also seen additional investment. Of course, the, that plant in the center of Michigan has been you know, a big news story, and that's uh, well up on volume right now. They're taking all kinds of milk. Um, 
And we've also had, oh, boy, now you're making me think, is it Colorado where we've had new investment? Leprino announced a new uh, mm-hmm. plant investment there, and uh, one down, I believe, in New Mexico as well. So, um, or no, Arizona, sorry about that. Uh, so there's been investment in cheese capacity, which I think is going to be a new sales opportunity for us. We've been competitive with cheese prices on world markets lately, but it also probably means that our cheese prices aren't going to have that opportunity to soar to those um, high $2 a pound ranges. You know, they're going to have to stay down there in that competitive range. If you think about milk powder, um, we're competitive all the time, and we have to be because we export half of our powder out of the country. Um, if we're going to start being a big exporter of cheese, then we're going to have to be competitive with that product all the time, too. Um, so I think that tells us that maybe we'll have more stable uh, prices, but um, we aren't going to see them soaring up there into those high ranges uh, very often anymore. Well, you know, and we are into a sweet spot for the dairy industry. We've got that holiday demand that's going to be hopefully kicking in. Uh, That might get us kind of bullish on the short term. Given the supply chain situation and some of that issue, Mark, do you think this is going to be a normal holiday pattern for dairy? Oh, you know, by now, most of the uh, big buyers have bought or secured their dairy product needs for um, that big demand season, which is Thanksgiving through, what, Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the big time period when we're selling all kinds of cheese and butter. Um, and it would be unlikely if people are trying to secure big volumes at this point in time for those sales. They probably got them locked in. Uh, but we'll have to watch and see how demand uh, actually gets related to the customer, you know, out through the stores. We've, we've had some of this flux with... Uh, People surging back out to restaurants uh, again, and then a little bit more contraction, you know, pulling back. We have to watch some of these institutional sales, like the schools. Um, we don't want to see more big breakouts of uh, COVID happening and, and schools closing for periods of time, uh, quarantining. Um, those, those impact sales, too. Mm-hmm. Very true. Dr. Mark Stevenson with the Center for Dairy Profitability along with us again. The 24 major dairy producing states in the United States up only 0.4% in the month of September as far as milk production is concerned. Not just a domestic trend, a global trend. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke.